What's up, everybody? Hardest part of the ring is back with another delicious, delicious episode. <laughs> okay, I'm... Full disclosure here, guys. I'm if, if I have a weakness in podcasting, it's how to start episodes. <laughs> uh, uh, but man, that really sets the tone for the episode that we got for you today. We have a special guest on the podcast today to go over King of the Ring 2001. Kenny from the Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast. If you are not already listening to Kenny, I definitely strongly suggest that you give him a listen ski either on YouTube at uh, you know Kenny for Your Thoughts. You can also find him on Twitter and Instagram at AKFYT Wrestling. And, uh, yeah, just a really, really fun podcast. You know, I, I strive, and that kind of goes into <laughs> this episode. My goal here isn't to monotonally spit facts at you. I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm not all, all, all kidding aside, all business. That's not what this podcast is supposed to be. <laughs> My, I got into podcasting because it's fun. I listen to all sorts of wrestling, comedy, TED Talks. I listen to everything, right? And ultimately, the key here, not to get into the weeds, because I hate when podcasters do that. Not to get into the weeds, but I just try to have fun with this. And I think this episode today is um, probably the most fun I've had podcasting. You can tell this episode is a little longer than my episodes, episodes usually are, but that's just because me and Kenny had... So much fun, just like, I don't know, man. I, I tried to keep it on the rails at the beginning, but I, ultimately I was just like, okay, this is what this <laughs> fucking episode's going to be. Unfortunately, I feel like he brought my true personality out, which may or may not uh, drive you guys away, but <laughs> we'll we'll see. But um, yeah, really fun episode today. Like I said, Kenny for your thoughts podcast. Uh, check that out after this. Listen to this first, you assholes. Um, but yeah, King of the Ring 2001 occurred on uh, June 24th, 2001 from New Jersey. And um, yeah, man, just a really good show. It kind of kicks off the invasion, um, which definitely a divisive topic there and a lot of missteps along the way. But, you know, there was some good stuff in the beginning. You have Booker T coming in. DDP is uh, he's there. He's doing stuff. Uh, no Sean Stasiak, though, so um, no cause to really pay attention yet. But, uh, yeah, this show was just really another, like a lot of these 2001 shows, really well-rounded. Um, you know, the main event, you got Stone Cold defending against Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho. Uh, heel, heel Stone Cold at his finest. You also got a great great culmination of the king of the ring tournament this year um if you don't remember the final four is kind of where this pay-per-view starts we got team wreck that's right rhino edge christian and kurt angle all are uh, real life friends and i think that really translates well into a great story and some really good wrestling matches 
Um, in addition to that, you obviously got that legendary Shane McMahon versus Kurt Angle street fight. And I mean, ultimately, man, you'll, you'll, Kenny will say this in the episode, but it's pretty much the Kurt Angle show. And that is not a bad thing at all. So I won't ramble anymore. Let's get to it. King of the Ring 2001 with your boy, the hardest part of the ring. And Kenny from Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast. Yeah, the, the three and a half inch one. <laughs> Anyways, speaking of three inches, King of the Ring. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so you said, yeah, I don't have Brandon skills yet. <laughs> King of the Ring. Did you, uh, were you able to catch a show? So I haven't, but I've seen it often enough that I pretty much know what went on at King of the Ring 2001. Yeah, there's honestly, I mean, cause I, I watched it back and it was pretty much what I expected. Um, yeah. Were you watching like live at, during this era? Mm-hmm. Oh, so I, uh, I was definitely like to give you my backstory. I've, I've watched wrestling since I was like three dudes. So like anything yeah. from like 1989 all the way to today, like if you tell me, have you seen it? I hundred percent saw it live. And then uh, what's weird though, is like, I don't know. There was this period in 1993 where I, my friends are always like, man, you know everything about wrestling. But for some reason, this one period in 1993, like I know nothing about like for some reason, like I can't answer questions. And then I realized it's because I lived in England for six months and the Mm. time difference and stuff like that. So I was like, yeah, that was 90, that was 93. So I was like, "Uh, yeah. And I mean, they had the Lex express going on. I was like, look at these fucking Americans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I unfortunately did not get to live through the, uh, the Lex or I lived through it, I guess, but that's a, that's a, that's a lame excuse. Just because you're not alive. Doesn't mean you can't watch something. Look, 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 I'm working my way through it. I just, I just did a, uh, a King of the ring 94 episode with somebody. And uh, boy, hey, uh, what, what, uh, how much is this guy? How much does this fellow weigh? Is he one of the wrestlers? The, the best thing about Art Donovan, damn it. You should have given me that episode because I would have went off. The best <laughs> thing about Art Donovan is, is how it's not even that he didn't know shit. It's about how he didn't know shit. Like they're going, he comes out, Lex Luger comes out. He's like, look at him. He's like made in the USA, Lex Luger, the American pride, the pride of the American people. And then Art Donovan. Uh, who, who's the fella in the American flag? It's like, son of a bitch. You couldn't <laughs> connect the dots like yeah. right there. It's like, dude, they have like, Donovan. That's Lex Luger. Yeah. Like the fuck, man. <laughs> my favorite part is that they're like trying to like get him involved. Like in the beginning of the show, macho is macho and gorilla are, and like literally like five <laughs> minutes give into up. the show. They're just like, they fuck give up. This. Yeah. And, and, I don't know who, why they decided that our Donovan should commentate the whole event. That's what it, really confused me. Cause it was well, like just one match, just have him do the K, the King of the ring final. And like, it would have been fine. <laughs> have him be a fucking special guest, uh, bell ringer or something uh, like they have them there. They're in Baltimore. So they want some local flavor for yeah, the but let me ask local you audience that can't hear them. What? Let me ask you. I didn't even think about that. They can't hear his damn commentary. And then not only that, what football player is known for their speaking skill? Uh, not I in mean, a good way. Nobody. Maybe like LT and stuff. And, Randy but, you Moss. Know, Randy Moss. But you get my point. Is like, yeah. as a general rule, football players are not talkers. Mm-mm. You have Mm-mm. him. You have him like run in and, and tackle somebody. But he's old by that point. So, but yeah. 
<laughs> Still, oh my god, horrible decision. Maybe maybe we'll run that back one day. King hey, of the Ring ninety four. What what episodes is that on? <laughs> I'll just be our. I'll just be our. In fact, here's what we'll do. Re, I'll listen to the episode and I'll just do ad libs like Art Donovan that don't make sense in the middle of you two talking. I love it. So you two like will a, be like, yeah, you'll be like, yeah, Owen Hart was a good, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, who's, who's, who's the fella with the, the long shaggy hair? <laughs> it's like uh, it's like when, when movies put commentary in the background, like on DVD extras. It'll be like that, but for a podcast. <laughs> Dude, our first, like, thir- our third episode ever, to tell you how humble our beginnings were, Brandon decided <laughs> to fuck up the recording. He didn't record it. And uh, so he had to go back in and listen to the episode which had someone else on it too and he had to respond accordingly in every silence part <laughs> and try to remember what he said and it, and that was the uh beginning of our podcast because we recorded like three episodes right off the bat to kind of give people and uh yeah that didn't go I, over so well i'm just picturing brandon like trying to organically transition oh it wasn't like good. record like <laughs> good point anyways stop record and Dude, he's, that over and he's over gotten again. so much better as, as like all jokes aside, Brandon, uh, like has gotten so much better at like knowing when I'm trying to tell him something without telling him something. Like if I'm mm-hmm. saying something, he knows like, okay, Kenny wants to move to the next topic. Right. He's a good, uh, he's a good transitioner. Yeah. 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 He's definitely transgender. Uh, very good. <laughs> very good. Transgender. It's pretty much what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> what was Speaking I going to ask transgenders. Yeah, what was What's I going to ask you? Hold on. I had a question for it. I don't remember what it was. Three God. inches flaccid, five erect. Perfect. Thank you. That is yeah. that is exactly what I needed to know. Hold on. Ten You're welcome. Per- you cursing on the podcast? Yay? Nay? Fuck no. Okay, I know. That's the answer I give people, too. When they ask me that question, I'm like, no. Nah, Get we, that shit out I of said, here. I said, don't fucking curse on my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's all good. Let it all fly. Cool. So, uh, so yeah, King of the Ring, man. It was uh, This is kind of like my favorite era. And wrestling because I was like eight years old at the time. So I was like young enough to kind of be a little naive to things, but kind of old enough to follow everything. Um, this is like the last just like short story. This is the last pay-per-view I watched until I took a break. And I took a break because I got in a fight with a kid down the street. And uh, my parents thought that the fight was because I've my, my aggression was because of wrestling. That I was watching too much wrestling, so they like banned me from wait, watching wait, wrestling wait, 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 for like three months. What are your what's your ethnicities? You're mixed Filipino. You're Filipino. What else? Like I'm like a quarter Filipino and mostly white. Other okay. than that, see, the, it's the white side because I'm a, I'm a quarter white, so I can I can say this. So that's where the naivety came in because you see, my parents were ethnic enough that they were like, oh, it's in his blood to fight people. <laughs> like, because I'm half Malaysian, so I'm right next door to uh, the Philippines. Uh, and then uh-huh. I'm I'm uh, technically, I guess, a quarter Guyanese and a quarter English. Mm. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. They, my parents knew that it was, aggression was in my blood no matter what I did. So they never like banned me from doing anything. They knew if I like hit him under motherfuckers just because he talked bad to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. I don't think my parents are because my dad is like completely white. That, it, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, oh, it sounds like a white, white parent. That's literally, I was like, it sounds like a white parent. <laughs> Safe <Yeah. thing. laughs> it's, the, it's the wrestling, <laughs> wrestling's fault. <laughs> you Malaysians are the aggressive, uh, Dude, we're like call tribes people, bro. I was trying like, to think of a slur, but I don't even know if there is I one. I know. I know. I, I can't think of a Malaysian tribe 
slur either. I don't know. You know, it's all good. It is what it is. Where Speaking of Malaysian tribes, too. <laughs> um, fuck, where are we? Where are we now? King of the Ring, two thousand one. Yes. No Art Donovan, but still a good show, regardless. Amazing um, show. Really good show. I think uh, it was kind of like the last good Attitude Era pay per view, in my opinion, because this really kind of kicks off the invasion. Um, with the I'm, I'm, coming in at the end, stuff. I'm actually offended at that because I really liked the invasion. You know, I'm still. You actually took a break at a wrong time because to me, Invasion was actually like, I remember getting excited more for Invasion than I did WrestleMania that year, which is crazy because it was one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. Yeah. Well, did you, were you a WCW watcher? I was, but I wasn't, I was definitely a WWE fan. So I was not a WCW, like I wouldn't have put, I, I had to put on Raw before I put on Nitro. Right. Yeah. I never, for whatever reason, I just never watched Nitro or. Didn't watch ECW. Didn't watch anything. No, I was I was definitely bisexual when it came to wrestling. Yeah, just wrestling though, right? Sure. Yeah, we'll cut that one. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, we're recording already. Yeah, (laughs) it's not. It's it's not live. Don't worry. It's all good. I mean, I'm going to keep this all in. I was going to so, say, like, like, I, you know. I don't know if you listen to my podcast, I definitely am not like a edit things out kind of person. Like I say, whatever stupid joke comes to mind and that's about it. No, yeah, absolutely. Especially when I do podcasts with other people, I pretty much just, but yeah, man. So King of the Ring 01, I did take a look uh, back at it. Uh, I think it was last week and uh, I pretty much met my expectations as far as what the show was. Um, yeah, the invasion, like, like I said, I know I wasn't into WCW. So the invasion wasn't as like a big deal to me. It was like kind of who the fuck are these guys? Um, I knew Goldberg. That's pretty much the only guy I knew from WCW. And there was no Goldberg. So I'm not going to be over here getting excited about Mike Awesome and Sean Stasiak. So like, what? come on now. <laughs> they were they were definitely main eventers in WCW, the fat chick thriller and the Mr. Perfect ripoff. Come on now. And, and meat. I was a big meat fan. Who didn't love meat? You know, who meat is right. I absolutely, absolutely know who media is with Terry Runnels and uh, P- PMS as, as they were oh, called. Of course, Hall of now. Fame. Stable. Don't offend me like that. Meat was I'm, like I'm I had a poster Mita up on my living room in my parents' house. Is it had or have? I can I can't deny that I it's there. I can't confirm that it's there. Okay, you just can't get you can't come to grips with getting rid of it. Look, let's just say I'm not a vegetarian. Hmm. <laughs> I was just gonna let that sit for as long as I can. let that marinate. Wait, wait, let that marinate. Oh, like any good, fun. like any good meat should. <laughs> Aren't we all having fun here? <laughs> Never put us in a room together again because this is horrible. God, this is <laughs> this is the worst thing we've ever done for either podcast. All right, you you said you did not want this podcast to go, to go three hours long. But goddamn, here it. we are. But we're having too much fun. This is the thing. I don't. I, let me full disclosure. I don't like when it goes three hours long and it's monotone. When it's like th- people having fun and you don't want to take it off. Like you know, that is that is completely a completely yeah. different vibe. You know. Yeah, I've I've listened to five hour podcasts before, right? Not at once, but like you know, eventually. Right. But like, yeah. But then you get the hour monotone of like King of the Ring two thousand one was an event where Held in a New lot Jersey. of happened, and I'm like, okay, can can we wrap this one up, please? Yeah, <laughs> that's actually like my first couple podcasts were like because nowadays I do like this retro stuff, but back then I was doing like 
this is what happened on Raw. This is what happened on SmackDown. And I was just I would go through the whole week and I was boring myself doing it. But you see, you, like, you had the wherewithal to the same thing with me. It was like we used to recap every show and I, I would get irritated if we <laughs> missed something on the show. And like now it's almost like, you know, as long as it sounded entertaining, and even if I talked about nothing, you know what I mean? It, it was it, that's a lot better than two hours of me talking about the show. Exactly. Like you, you and Brandon are not the most informative duo, but right. you're entertaining. And that's kind and of like, that was by design. And that was like, I was like, how many people are informative out there? You know what I mean? Yeah. But the reason, and I hate, and I hate to point out this example, because I think if you listen to my podcast, you know, I hate him. But there's a reason why JD from Men Y is successful as, as controversial mm-hmm. as he is, is that people are entertained by how worked up he gets. And it's yep. like, he doesn't necessarily need to recap stuff. He just needs to give you his opinion. So it's like, we give you our opinion and uh, we assume that you've watched the show. And if you haven't, we, we explain little tidbits, you know, exactly. it's like a sports center. It's like a sports center type feel. You do the highlights. You don't the go into the, right. go into the weeds with it. Like, why am I going to talk about X-Pac on the King of the Ring 2001? The hell am I talking talk about X-Pac in this event? Oh, we're going to talk about X-Pac. I know. We're, 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 we're going to do a deep dive on we X-Pac. <laughs> okay. You know what? Are you, are you an, this is a very divisive subject that I've gotten into <laughs> with a few people. Did you like X-Factor or no? Uh, so I was pretty oh, indifferent fuck. to X-Factor. I was actually pretty indifferent. Uh, so I'm not a, I liked the one, two, three kid growing up. So I liked X-Pac per se. I liked him in DX. So I like almost gave him a chance, but he disappointed Uh me. It's that sort of thing. He was like, he's like the kid that, you know, like my kid where I'm like, look, I'm not angry. I'm just really disappointed in you. Hmm. Yeah. But, uh, uncle cracker though. I got everything I ever wanted. I'll never give that back. That's a good point. I didn't really think of it that way. Yeah. I mean, come on now. (laughs) <laughs> I actually really liked that song too at the time. Dude, like looking so, back, I ha- I hate myself for it, but yeah, it's amazing. It, and it's not on the network, which irritates me. To know. it was actually it was on the pay per view, but like on the Rawls and Smackdowns in between, they they replaced it with some generic like almost sounds like it. Like an I actually like the song. Almost. I actually like the song afterwards, uh, which you don't know about because he, they started using it circa invasion time period. Uh, mm-hmm. So they had that was when it was just Albert. And uh, I think it was just Albert and uh, X-Pac, which that's that's definitely uh, like if there was a time to break up a group, it was then because it's like you already were sucky as a, th- a trio. Now you're just X-Pac and Albert. But yeah, yeah, that song afterwards was actually pretty badass, believe it or not. How, how, how'd go that search. go? You want me to do an impression of it? Uh, yes. It was like. That's that's my impression. I think, of it. I think that's the version they replace Uncle Cracker with on the network. From what oh. from, from what you just did, it sounds very similar. Yep, that's that's definitely the the next song. I think this episode should actually be us just uh, humming various theme songs. I mean, come on, people need to sleep sometime. Exactly. So why not That's listen to us just do weird, random, ratchet type noises? I say SMR, right? I think it yeah. falls under the umbrella. <sighs> I don't know if you can even hear that. I did. It is raining outside, though. So if you hear, uh, if you just hear like 
if you hear just a lot of water and me just sounding gurgled, uh, please send help. I'm probably being washed away in the Florida rains right now. It's not you getting hot and bothered by my sweet buttery voice. Nope. No whap over here. Mm. That's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of wet pussies, King of the Ring 2001. Wait, what about Matt Hardy? <laughs> <laughs> he is wet. It was just the me. first. I know it was the first match, so that's why I was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> "Nothing against wait, wait. Matt Hardy." Hold on, hold on. Was he? Was he even on the show? Uh, Pretty sure he was on the in? on the pre-show or something. If not the oh, the first watch, match, I don't watch Sunday Night Heat. I'm Come not gonna now. go and watch 2001 defended, Sunday Night I'm Heat. Pretty sure he defended the European title against that he did against Justin Incredible of all people. Yeah, man. talk about talk about uh, X Factor. There it was. That is, man, he is incredible, isn't he? Oh, he, ugh, I don't even, I, I, I want to like just incredible. He's like one of those guys. I liked his ECW stuff. So it's like, I almost can't make fun of him, but oh my God, just incredible. He said, I've only seen him in WWF. So that is, oh, that's horrible. Incredible yeah. You, me. you saw a jobber. That's kind of like seeing, um, uh, like who EC3, like if you only had EC3 based mm. on his WWE career. That's pretty much right. what it was. He was just incredible. It was like important everywhere else, which yeah. is crazy. I'm working my way there, man. I'm doing these like retro reviews from the mid nineties. Like I said, I did the King of the Ring 94 and I'm working my way and eventually going to start incorporating ECW. So hopefully it, uh, it ages well. I'm going to be very disappointed. Uh, unlike just incredible who hasn't aged very well, but anyway, Oof. did he lose all his hair? <laughs> How do I respond to that? <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You don't. Um, fuck, man. Where do we even go from here? So, Kurt Angle. Let's talk about Kurt Angle. No, no, no. No, 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 no. This is my podcast, motherfucker. <laughs> you said the first match. You said the there, first there was, match. That's not where the show starts. That's not where the show starts. The show starts with DDP. Oh, yes. I totally forgot about that. Oh, this He's, whole stalker angle. Oh, no wonder you left. <laughs> oh, my like, God. I'm going to go watch baseball instead. I blocked this no. out. It's a painful memory for me here. <laughs> and again, I didn't watch WCW. So to me, for the longest time, the DDP was just the stalker guy. Oh. To me. <laughs> and DDP was like the rock in WCW. As in like he was like, oh, yeah, I, they I li- literally called the people's champ. He was the first people's champ. Would go out in the crowd, do stuff. It's crazy to think that he got brought in with this storyline. Yeah. That's good. That's some good stuff. He um so he he's he's invading the WWF. Don't mind his his entrance music is Titantron, and don't mind the fact that they let him in the ring. But no, he's he's invading. No, no. This was correct me if I'm wrong. This he had uh on on Raw maybe like a week or two before had finally revealed himself. That's when he came out and he like took off yep. the mask and he was like, oh, you never saw it coming. So. So he was kind of introduced, at least at this point. So we at least had a reason for why he would have music. I, I, I guess I believe I believe that segment and ended with security like chasing him out, though. If I remember correctly, this you was are, you know a few weeks ago when I watched you, this. So. You are kind of right because then then it's like why would a WCW guy have uh, his own entrance video and entrance music? I think that's just an omen for what the invasion would end up being. It only got better no, much better much um, better <laughs> um but actually now I'm, I'm looking at my notes here and uh i guess in, in his promo in the beginning of the show he's like don't worry security 
Undertaker made sure I had access to the arena or something to that effect. So I guess so that's how he explains kind of it in kayfabe. They tried. I guess. Undertaker made me get entrance music. Yeah, he probably produced it too. He's probably back there with Jim Johnston. At least up some vaguely similar music to his WCW music. I was gonna say at least it didn't sound like Nirvana. Man, I well, feel like people that forget. Better. People actually forget by that time DDP was actually using a, a different theme song, which his WWE song is kind of based off of. Mm. So, so yeah, a little tidbit for you kiddos over there who were, who wanted to know about DDP's theme music. I know you stay, stay awake at night wondering what themes he used. I know I do. I only remember his TNA theme, to be honest, which was a ripoff of the ripoff of the Nirvana. It smells like teen spirits. <laughs> it sure was. If that's not TNA in a nutshell. I don't know what is. Let's rip off the ripoff. Exactly. But it's, it's, it's been ripped off so many times that nobody's going to even notice. It doesn't even sound like the same thing at this point. Exactly. So in now fact, it sounds unique. like an, like an old uh, Cisco song. I think, I think that fits uh old, old Dally there. <laughs> that thong song. Yeah. Name. That thong fits mm. Dally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, good little deal there with DDP. Going to get his ass kicked later. Uh, which brings us to the first match. Kurt Angle. Versus Christian. Um, so if you don't remember, so the King of the Ring was the final four on this show. Not like the final fucking 16 that there was in 1994, which they had to have like two minute matches. Yeah, I thought I thought this was good. I thought that being just the final four was like a good change of pace as opposed to like previous King of the Rings that were like Absolutely. they try to fit the whole tournament in one night. And then, like you said, you know, if things go awry or a match goes long, the next match is a run in finisher and pin and it's like what the hell just happened legitimately you give you give x Pac and owen hart two minutes but you get you give yokozuna and crush like 25 minutes yeah because they're in a tag title match but whatever it is yeah that's criminal (laughs) first of all it's insane but uh yeah i I agree they did i do love the setup here with the final four and especially considering all four of these guys are kind of intertwined in in some way yeah they yeah. were uh, team team wreck or they, they unofficially mind you they were never official stable but they used to call themselves team wreck which is Rhino Edge Christian Kurt Angle that is true I didn't know I forgot Rhino was included in that I thought they were just kind of friends of Christian and where Edge. the hell did you think the R came from uh really cool wow. I'm gonna be honest with you I thought it was Eck. In fact, ah. as, we're, as we're talking right now I do think it's Eck. no I no no it was no no it was Eck. so okay so here's the thing. There was a team Eck, which they allude to on table for three, but there was a team Wreck as well when Rhino got added. So mm, there's there's both. News. We're no, we're both right. Okay, we are both right on this. I promise you. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm gonna Google this after. And hey, uh, you, what do you know? You stopped watching around this time. Okay, I was watching this t- at this particular pay per view. I was watching. It was not until I think it was actually after. Invasion. I will bet you. I will bet you good money. I will put my podcast good name on the line. And promise you there's a team wreck. Okay. Yeah, that's bold. Yeah, I hear you clicking. You're Googling it now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm typing in <laughs> team wreck right now. Hey, look, team Eck, later known as team wreck, was a professional stable. And uh, where did that R come from? Yeah, did you create that article? I did. Just now? I did. You've, you've been typing that up as we've been talking, haven't you? <sighs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, nothing better to do with my life than be right about everything. Too bad this is being recorded right now. It's going to be very <laughs> embarrassing for you. If you could edit this out, that'd be nice. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what we can do. A little money on the table. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Kurt, Kurt versus Christian is the first match here. Um, I thought it was a really good. I like because this is kind of like the first time Christian and Edge are branching out on their own, 
really. Um, so I think Christian Morton held his own with Kurt here. Uh, Kurt wins with um, fuck man. man. How does he win? He wins somehow. Shane gets involved because Christian gives him the unprettier, gives Kurt the unprettier, goes for the pin, and then Shane McMahon comes out and pulls Christian off of Kurt. And the reason he does this is because they have that infamous match later in the show, and Shane is trying to tire out Kurt, trying to get him fatigued so that he can kind of bring him down to his skill set, I guess. Um, So that's what leads to Christian losing here. Kurt wins, moves on. And fun, fun little tidbit here. Kurt actually got a concussion during this match. I thought his concussion was in the fucking uh, street fight. I thought it was in the street fight too. Yeah, so that's news to me. it was because I watched the. Um, they did a really good untold series on this match on the network, and um, yeah, I learned that there. It was just a random ass belly to belly that Kurt gave to Christian, and the way his head hit the mat, concussion. Well, he, city. he did used to kind of like throw his neck back when he when he was earlier on his career uh, to kind yeah. of really bridge with those. So I can I can definitely see why he would like get a concussion just landing on his on the top of his head or the back of his head. There, it's crazy. Yeah. He's an animal. He go. He goes full throttle, and it, and the fact that he has three matches on this show, and he's still putting this out is, a really good match. Oh, I was gonna. I was gonna say that later on. This is definitely Kurt Angle's event. This whole pay per view because three three matches, dude. Yeah, and crazy. Not pacing himself at all. I mean, this is probably like a ten minute match. About maybe a little less. Yeah, but this, I think like like at least eight nine minutes around that there and. uh Yeah, he gave full matches. This wasn't like you know any squashes or any like. Your shenanigans or anything like he gave full matches all night Absolutely. and 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 that the you know we'll get into it but you know the street fight was like the, the length of two matches yeah insane but it didn't feel like it because it was entertaining no, pretty much the whole not way at through. all not at all uh speaking of entertaining we got some rhino action coming up for you rhino versus edge uh pretty good match here i i don't remember rhino being as awesome as he was. I remember hating Rhino for some reason. I was going to point it out. I was actually going to point out that uh, I don't think Rhino gets a fair assessment in WWE because of his uh, neck injury in 02. He got derailed from there. But it was mm-hmm. like Rhino was looking pretty good for a while. Like he was about to be the next guy. And he yeah. uh, later on would go on to like feud with The Rock like and make him look like, you know, The Rock would sell his gore like a million bucks. So I think Rhino, man, Rhino was supposed to be a world champion in WWE. And a lot of people were like, what are you smoking? But you watched that period back, just like you said, and it's like you could tell that they had some faith in Rhino. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's involved with, you know, the Stone Cold and Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit, who at the time are obviously on top. So he's. I, I always thought, you know, thinking back to this this time period, I always thought Rhino was kind of a lower card guy, and he did spend a lot of time, you know, as like hardcore champion and stuff. But even that, I mean, he made that title his own. That I don't know if you've seen this match or you remember this match backlash 2001 rhino versus raven it's like a 10 minute match but it's one of the best matches you'll ever see it's a hardcore match but that is like one of my favorite matches ever yeah and that was post uh post mania 17 so yeah definitely 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 good match raven raven is another guy who uh was pretty damn underrated in that time period too yeah yeah for sure i think he's because he's still around during this time i think he's not around too much longer. If I'm, I, don't, I don't remember if he sticks around during the invasion. Does he? He did. That's exact. That's to tell you how how bad he was booked because Raven was definitely in the invasion, but he fell to the wayside as opposed to some of these bigger stars. 
And uh, I think if Raven had been given the ball for the ECW side of things, I think, yeah, he could, he could have made the invasion a lot better uh, than it was. I think they focused too much on WCW and they had some heavy hitters on the ECW side. Uh, RVD, for example, that they did kind of pull the trigger, but kind of didn't. But anyway, more so than really anybody else, him and Booker T are really the only guys because they, they like take WWF guys and just put a WCW label on them. I think they did that with Test, um, Kurt Angle, Stone Cold. It just got just really so, silly shit. So convoluted at a certain point. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, like you said, if they just use their homegrown talent, like you said, the Ravens, the Rhinos, um, even guys like the Dudleys who are original ECW guys, I think if they went, if they took that approach. They did. It, I, I mean, they did, but they half-assed it. They remember they did this whole exactly. again. You might not have seen. No, you were watching around because it was when they uh, turned maybe the next week or so, and ECW entered the invasion, and it was kind of like it was. Or no, that was the next month, so you missed it. Um, so I think but, I, I was like, I, I did watch the invasion. It was like mid-invasion that I stopped watching. Gotcha. I mean, I I get it. I get it though. It was it was done executed so poorly. Uh, I think it's it just was, the expectations that it was like that girl that I always wanted to go out. And then I went out with her and I was like, wow, you really mean you just do not click like Hulk Hogan. Is that the girl? I went out with Hulk Hogan is what you're trying to insinuate. I live in Tampa, I'm, I'm but asking. I mean, me and Hogan, like, I can't, I can't either. I can't confirm nor deny that me and Hulk Hogan have had relations, brother. I mean, you know, it is what it is. His track record isn't as, isn't as great as it should be. So, I mean, he put me over. That's all. That's all I'll say. And he doesn't put anybody over. So uh, yeah, exactly. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Dang, picking up what I'm putting down. I like it. I smell what you're stepping in. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, Edge versus Rhino, good match. Spear versus Gordon. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Let me, let me let, let, sidebar. How the hell did we go from talking about Edge and Rhino to talking about Hulk Hogan? Where'd um, that come from? I think there's a horn, a horn on a Rhino, which transitioned into Hulk Hogan and his genitalia or something. Like I'd have to, I have to go back and, and revisit. Rewind it, the tape. Rewind the tape. Somebody, Rick, somebody Rick, Rick, tweet Rick. me and explain it to me because I'll never make sense of it. Uh, this is why I need a chat. I need yeah. a live chat for people to for people to let me know on that. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, Edge wins with a uh, little impaler action. Uh, again, really good match. Um, I think these guys gelled really well together. I think all four of these guys, I mean, obviously they're friends. So there's like an innate chemistry there. Which I mean, every match in this tournament on the show was good. I think. What about Absolutely. you? Absolutely. No, I, that I can't. This is one of those events where um, I could just watch it because it's such a good event, and uh, I can't. I can't think of like anything good per se. You know what I mean? Because it's so good that it's like it's just a good event. Yeah, Besides I mean, the street me, fight, the street fight stands out. I was about. To, I was about to say. It's. I think King of the Ring 2001 is always going to be the street fight show between Kurt and Shane for me. Yeah, it's Kurt um, Angle show, like I said. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Um, <laughs> and the next match is a match I completely forgot about. Dudley's versus Spike and a mystery partner. So this is like pretty shortly after the Dudley's turned on Spike for titty fucking Molly Holly or whatever he did. And then... Um, I mean, can you blame them? I mean, you know, good on you, Spike. Give her that <laughs> Spike. Anyways, um... <laughs> So Molly is kind of the source of this match because the Dudleys are pissed that uh, that Spike his head isn't in the game because of Molly and because his head's inside um, Molly Holly, right? I got you. I, I mean, it could be. He does have a small head, so it's not as far fetched as some may think. 
He's a little Spike Dudley. <laughs> oh, do you think that's how he got his name? He probably has a big piece. Spike Dudley s- strikes me as a guy that's packing. Look, I'm just saying, if the good Lord is going to make you that small in stature, he's got to give you something else. He never wore trunks. So he always <laughs> wore kind of baggy pants. So I think he's, I think he's hiding something. I actually heard that he auditioned for uh, the role of meat, and they couldn't give it to him because the censors on TV mm-hmm. didn't, didn't appreciate it. I can see that. It's too on the nose. Mm-hmm. Well, too on the speak. Too on the uh, crotch, I guess. Mm. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of crotches, Spike's mystery partner is Kane. Who doggy? Um, man, I love Kane in this era. I think this might be one of my favorite Kanes. He was a whore during this era. He just went around with anybody and everybody. Yeah, a little bit of Taker, a little bit of Spike, a little bit of uh, who else he team with? I don't know, probably somebody else. Um, but he was IC champion at this time. And he has had, because I've been watching all the Raws and SmackDowns leading up to this, right? And, man, he had some good fucking matches as Intercontinental Champion. Him and Albert had a, just like a random-ass match on SmackDown. And yeah. it was, like, awesome. This is actually, in, in my opinion, this is uh, actually Kane in his prime. He was at his prime physique, prime work. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, I don't think he was given the best storylines at this time. but. No. But, like, this was definitely Kane in his prime. For sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Maybe, I mean, you got to have a soft spot for original Kane. Because I think that's probably when he was. His- See, but to me, that was that was him on the come up. He was still unsure of himself. He still, you know, even though he made it work, don't get me wrong. That was amazing. Amazing character work. This is what I mean is, like, at this time, it was, like, it was very clear his position in the company. It was very clear that, like, he could be given the ball and run with it and make anything work. And, uh. I I feel like they should have given him the title around this time and he would have, but you know, he got lost in the shuffle again with the whole invasion and uh, yep. uh, injury. Yeah, exactly. And he was having a program with triple H and then he got injured and it was a whole thing. It was a whole hullabaloo, but, um, and he came back, uh, fun fact. Then he came back at, uh, August 26, 2002, the night after SummerSlam and little Kenny, 13 years old was there. And, uh, the, the video came up and I was like, oh my God, he's coming back tonight. And everyone's like, why? And I said, it didn't say that this, the fire still burns. I was like, it left it open. He's coming out now. And then sure enough, like as I'm saying, it, it goes Poosh, and he comes out. Was that Kane or Rooney night? <laughs> that was Kane or Rooney night. Yeah, that was. Uh, and then, yeah, I went flaccid very quickly uh, when, uh, yeah, when that got busted out. That, that was exposed chin Kane. If I, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, I didn't mind that outfit. It was just like they made him hokey during that time and like made him do all the silly stuff. Yeah, it like, it's just associated with Katie Vick and um, who, if I don't even remember else he did. He was kind of, again, he was kind of lost in the shuffle even that era, I think. Yeah, outside of his that's what I'm saying. Like Kane, poor Kane, like I never really got, by the time they gave him the ball to really run with it, it was like he was past his prime. And that's no offense to, you know, him past his prime is still better than 99% of people. But it was almost like, why didn't they like give the ball to him at this time when Taker was like slowing down in his American badass role, and you can yep. give him the uh, and make him the scary monster, which I guess they did in 03. I was about but, to say uh, that's probably like you could also make an argument that that was Pete Kane too, because I mean he was just so because Kane masked Kane. It's like okay, he's kind of cartoony. He's kind of uh, he's kind of pro wrestling, but then Kane takes his mask off. And he becomes like this legitimate psychopath. How, how crazy is it that it took him taking the mask off to look scarier? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that is, Dude, I was, 
that's credit to Glenn Jacobs because it's like the fact that he, you know, he had all this character to work with and it took stripping him of the character to make him a scarier monster than he was. That is, that's some talent. That, that's great talent. God, yeah. It was, um, yeah, because I remember watching that and being absolutely horrified of Kane. Um, I mean, growing up, I was afraid because I I thought he was in my closet when I was going to bed. I thought him and The Undertaker, um, (laughs) were gonna abduct me when I went to bed. They don't look like the abduction type, though. They look like the, like, set you on fire and leave you. Ah, you're right. Where to Stephanie? Literally, I remember because I watched that. It was, I was by myself for whatever reason. I was probably, fuck, what, six years old or something. It was thunderstorming. I was in the living room by myself and I'm watching Undertaker <laughs> abduct Stephanie. And from that point on, I was terrified of being abducted. I was just going to ask you, are you, to this day, do you have like an irrational fear of being like abducted? I mean, I like to take, I probably take more looks back than a normal person does. Yeah. I probably, you know, you know, and more. I'm afraid of snakes. I'm afraid of snakes because uh, I vividly same thing. I snuck downstairs 1991, and uh, no, yeah, yeah, 91. Wow, Trace, I was like two or three or something, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I saw Jake the Snake set a snake on uh, Macho Man, and uh, yeah, to this day, like I get, I flinch a little bit when I see snakes. I get that. I get that. I uh, <laughs> I brought Jake the Snake Robert up to my girlfriend. This is like when we we're first starting dating. First and, of all, there's no way someone like you has a girlfriend. So it, I don't believe that. It, it, it's uh, it's not made up. Uh, just don't uh, don't ask any more questions. She's also in the closet. That's where. You that's know, what it is. No, she's no. She's a blow up doll in your closet. That's the only thing. The only logical explanation. She may or may not be a mop. I can ne- I cannot confirm nor deny. Well, okay, Perry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the era we're in now, too. Um, <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> I brought Jake the Snake Roberts up to her. And I was like, you know why they call him the snake? And she looks at me and is like, because his penis? I'm like, no, what? <laughs> I mean, granted, look, I'm just saying if he was like a porn star or something. It's, it's an easy transition. Right. A hundred percent. I can he see where she's going. Yeah. I, I mean, he's pretty much the Ron Jeremy of the World Wrestling Federation. Which probably I mean, is a bad name to bring up, actually, now that I think about it now, because I just remembered what happened with him about last week. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a rough one for old, uh, for old Ronnie boy. I don't know how he went from Kane to Ron Jeremy, but um, <laughs> again, that we, happened. these transitions are really, really cool. I mean, we go from, what was it, uh, Rhino to Hulk Hogan. Now we've gone from Kane to Ron Jeremy. It's a very eclectic episode of Welcome, the Acre Bump. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't, know, I don't know who won this match. Who cares? Um, yeah, really. The Dudley's one with the 3D, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then they go to W. I, I'm not going to go into every single segment on the show, mm-hmm. but I just thought it was funny. The WWF New York. Um, they always, everyone always seems pissed that they're there. And it's always, it's usually kind of subtle, but in this instance, you know why gun was there? Why is that? You, you know why? Cause, uh, I went I went to WWF New York and it was like not as good as a lot of people would think. It was like really dingy and dark and it was like a nightclub vibe. And then you got to understand these wrestlers, instead of being told, hey, you're going to work the event, they got sent to shitty dark WWF New York to stand yeah. there and look excited about it. Right. Exactly. So, and yeah, horrible. Billy Gunn hadn't even been like on TV and weeks like literally a pan to him and i was like oh shit i forgot billy guns there 
And he's like the, the not he he's the defending king of the ring from two years ago. He wasn't in the last one because he was injured. But shit, man, he wasn't even in this tournament at all. Yeah, but holy crap, the character at this point, the one Billy Gunn. That's some good theme music, though. Yes, t- say theme music, be damned. Mr. The Mister Ass song was a lot better. They they used the same singer, but that, that it's kind of the look, same. No, no. Go listen to the one Billy Gunn song and tell me it doesn't sound like an eighties freaking sitcom. I mean, is that a bad thing though? If you put it to the intro of Full House, I promise it goes. Man, if that hasn't already been done, it has to. Whoever's out there wants to become famous and go viral, just do it. If it hasn't been done already, <laughs> it's gonna get zero views. No one <laughs> wants this. Wait, it's not my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shit, what do we have after this? Uh, Kurt Angle. <laughs> Wait, well, so again, let's recap. So we're, we're talking about uh, WWF New York and somehow got into Full House. Yeah, I think it's a the seamless transition. You know, San Francisco, yeah. New York. That makes sense. It's a place. We're both places. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that That is a good point. I didn't think of it that way, but it all makes sense. Everything ties together here. <laughs> Speaking of tying together, we have... The King of the Ring tournament's all tying together here with the finals. <laughs> We're having fun. Kurt Angle yeah. versus Edge. Uh, again, awesome match. Um, still, Kurt is still not pacing himself, even even though my boy is concussed and he has a well, he's brutal the, ass street fight. Coming let's up also next. point out that like he's he's defending his title, right? Because he was the wasn't he the previous year's King of the Ring? Yep. So That's he was, correct. yeah. So he was a 2000 King of the Ring. So I think it was like almost like we looked at it as like a lock that he would win this match because he was just so. Um, this was a different Kurt Angle. I mean, he was just at the top of his career at this point. Yeah, and you know, going into this, he's on such a different level. And even exactly. though Edge, Christian, Rhino. They're all great, but like as far as hierarchy, hey, on the that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is like I, I don't want people to lose sight of the fact that like we don't don't remember what Edge became because at this time Edge was like a mid carter at best. You he know, still a tag team guy. He's still a tag team guy. You know, and uh, this would be the equivalent of like you know like a Ricochet versus you know a Drew McIntyre or something. Like this was like okay, very mm-hmm. obvious who's going to win here kind of thing. And Kurt Angle was only in the business a year. You know what I mean? He'd won a world title already, a king of the ring. But yeah, he was next level. He was up there. So I think it, we thought it was a lock, you know? Exactly. Honestly, I would have guessed that they would have went with Edge versus Christian for the right. final. Right. Which I'm surprised. It was too didn't. obvious. I think it was too obvious, you know, with where they were going with the storyline to yeah. kind of uh, just put them against each other because it was like they had a whole program to work matches against each other. They didn't want to like make it like boring. At a certain point. Right. Yeah. They, they, they kind of subtly drop seeds of a breakup that's imminent, but they don't really, they're not heavy handed. Right. It, subtly guess, dropping yeah. seeds. So it's like pre cum, you know, it's just like, they just, they just dropped a little pre cum <laughs> onto uh, Christian's chest. <laughs> Man, what would this podcast be if I told you, hey, no cursing? Um, It would be, be 15 minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's funny i don't i don't get to talk like this in my podcast and not because i'm like toning myself down but because like you got to give it back to me for me to kind of throw it this is fun i like this um <laughs> fuck i was gonna say something and i forgot hold on my cat is like destroying my door right now i'll be right back go <clears throat> anyways <laughs> um <laughs> 
Wait, so your girlfriend was tearing up the door and then you told, well, that was kind of mean. And then I hit her and uh, told her to I heard, play the that, kitchen. That's what I heard. And I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll edit this out though. It's fine. <laughs> Just don't say anything. <clears throat> uh man what was i gonna say whatever this probably wasn't important we're talking about edge uh, and current angle yeah just kind of just a couple guys jostling in the ring um <laughs> oh that's that's what so i think also kurt being in the finals i think stems from his match with shane because obviously kurt's on such a higher level than shane so i think they want to kind of tire kurt out in kayfabe and in real life i guess but um to kind of handicap him in this match with Shane. I think that might've been the idea think, here. And let's, let's point out, I think this was, this was like really good booking by WWE. Like, honestly, this is very underrated booking because, you know, we went from like, okay, Kurt Angle is going to beat Shane McMahon's ass to like, he's being worn down. The booking's making sense. Shane McMahon got involved. In fact, Shane McMahon let him advance just so that he could tire himself out, which is ingenious. So there's a lot of going on right here, um, even though it's one continuous storyline during the night. Um, but they did it so well that, you know, by the time we got to the Shane McMahon match, it's kind of like, okay, it all made sense. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And another point I want to point out is that Kurt has not only does Kurt have three matches, but like there's the not concussion. a ton of matches <laughs> on this show. Yeah, exactly. Like he doesn't have like three matches in between to rest up. There's literally like, what six or seven matches on the on the show and maybe another segment or two yeah so he has like so little downtime in between matches too yeah and these are quicker matches these are like less than 10 minutes um you know they gave a lot of time to the last two matches uh and rightfully so but you know these are yeah so basically kern angles out there wrestles an eight minute match nine, nine minute match somewhere in that ballpark gets to rest for like another nine minutes comes back out does one more gets to rest for about 20 minutes comes back out comes and then has to do another half hour it's like crazy to think about like he was dead when you say next level like i don't think rock or austin could have done this you know no yeah kurt angle is a machine i, I don't think he gets i think he, he gets credit but i feel like he should be higher up on a lot of people's list i think he gets kind of not thought about as often as he do, as he does or as he should yeah, and a lot of people forget like he had no business being as good as he was that soon. This was a year into his run. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I think yeah, people forget about that because it seems like he's so ingrained in what they're doing at this point. It feels like he's been there for but not forever. Only, but he's still a rookie. Not only that, it's like the period in which he came. Like he he came in with the Rock, Triple H, you know, um Stone Cold, like he came in had Benoit and Jericho, you know what I mean? Like he came in with some like heavy hitters and he still managed to find his way to the top yeah hardcore holly come on now oh man just all the stars all the right. stars right i forgot to mention the biggest one sa rios all of them sa <laughs> rios <laughs> meat i mean let's not let's not forget meat beaver cleaver beaver. Be- beaver cleavage cleavage you're right oh, do you know anything about wrestling god damn it chaz <laughs> God, you remember when the mod, the, the the head, sh- not the head shrinkers. What were the, they called? The headbangers. Come on, Mark. Come on, Mark. <laughs> what, what were they? They were the uh, the fucking. Uh, I'm calling you a Mark, by the way. I don't think that's your I name. I know. <laughs> 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 the headbangers is the name. Is their name? Is it headbangers? Remember mm-hmm. when they randomly just came back in like 2016 it, on SmackDown? I mentioned yeah. it actually the other day, and and uh, it was like crazy. I'm like, why did they come back? And freaking Spirit Squad. That? Spirit Squad came back during that time too. 
I mean, Spirit Squad was at least like involved in a storyline that involved Dolph Ziggler. So it like almost made sense. But, ah, that's Mac- I missed that SmackDown. That SmackDown where they would just pull stuff out of their ass and see what sticks and, and, it, and it worked. That was an awesome, period. Uh, SmackDown. Uh, the glory days. Let's just sit here and reminisce for a second. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, et cetera, et cetera. Edge wins the King of the Ring. Um, I guess they're just strapping the rocket on him here. Although he kind of, it takes him a while to really click. Because um, this is like the first. I loved Edge. I loved Edge during this time. And even I was like, what the hell? Like, what are we doing? With- yeah. I didn't like Rob Zombie Edge. <sighs> Don't get me started on that. I know. Uh, so I'm a theme song guy. Like uh, I always uh, like when I was nine, I, I would like edit songs. Like I could edit a WWE edit real quick and uh, make a Titan Tron. Like I was definitely that kind of guy. I mean, you could see it from my graphics on the, on my podcast. Like I'm always yeah. been that type of person. Uh, and I never understood where, you know, you want to hear me sing a theme song. The, the Rob zombie one started off. You think, you know, me and he went, you will never know me. Yeah, my Durango. <laughs> but for some odd reason, they took out that second quote and it always pissed me off. It I was like, what? That at all. More so, like, why would you arbitrarily go back and say, you know what? That second quote doesn't belong. I, I can think of a reason why. It's because it's stupid. Damn it. <laughs> what do you mean you will never know him? We know we've been here for years. What does this even mean? The fuck is a Rob Zombie? <laughs> zombies and wrestling fun, fun fact just because i remember stupid things when they advertised that album around that time period for a couple of weeks they called the album the sinister surge and they fucked up because the album was called the sinister urge and then they fixed it i don't, I don't like either of those well a sinister urge made sense because it's freaking rob zombie i don't know is that I'm not really up to date on Rob Zombie. He, uh, he was a facts. very erotic, erotic vampire type guy. Ah. Uh. <laughs> what, what are his urges? <laughs> Whatever they are, they're sinister. Sinister, yeah, I was about to say. Send some sinister ones. <laughs> do you remember Forcible Entry? Uh, do I remember Forcible Entry? I love that <laughs> album. I was, because I like Wasn't the, Creed on that album? Probably. That sounds like a thing that would happen. I need to pull out the old Google ski because I found it on Spotify because there's some there's some old wrestling themes I like to like work out to. And <laughs> yeah, like, I work out to a uh, Bull Nakano theme song personally. Gets me gets yeah. me hype. The Tokyo like Express a- theme song. Dun, 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 That's racist. Dun, dun. Oh, it was 100 percent racist. It was You're not uh, that kind of Asian to where you can do that. But that's how the song went. <laughs> You're C Asian. Yeah, I'm like the Spanish Asian, not the like Asian Asian. That's what I say. I'm, I'm, Filipinos are kind of like the Mexicos of Asia. Yes. I always say that. Like the, We're the Hispanics of the, the Asian world. Yeah. Smelly and wet. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Got nothing to say there. Why am I so, I'm, I'm ruining my bread by being associated with this podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all the, all the, <laughs> these MP3s are in my possession. I could do it with, with I, could, I could just have that. MP3s? We're doing MP4s, brother. <laughs> we're going all the way. <laughs> god damn it oh man forcible entry nothing to get us back on track than x-pac no can we get can we move on not only x-pac wwf light heavyweight championship 
And Jeff Hardy. You forget that that title still existed around that time. They, you know what's funny? I do not at all remember Jerry Lynn being in WWF. So actually, when we were talking about ECW earlier, I was actually going to mention like, why the fuck did they have Jerry Lynn on Sunday Night Heat as opposed to having putting him in the ECW roster? Like, what? Who's who's oatmeal did Jerry Lynn piss in? Because they really did not have like did nothing with him. He came in. He beat. Was it was it Xbox? He beat for the title, like right off the bat. He won the light heavyweight title, and then they did nothing with him. Yeah, he was literally. I think he defended it in some random ass match on like backlash. Might have been the pre-show even. (laughs) Fun fact. Fun fact. So the Hardy Boy theme song is a production song made by a guy named uh, Zach Tempest. And he had a, another song on the same album that would go on to be Jerry Lynn's theme song. So Jerry Lynn's theme song and the Hardys, if they sound similar, that's why. Hmm. If you think about it. Jerry Lynn's theme song sounded like if you took the treble out of the Hardy Boys theme song. Yep, It was pretty bad. I didn't like it. You're talking about the song itself, right? Not my impression. Pretty sure Hardcore Holly song is the same. Do you have a fucking? Do you have like a fountain in the background or something? A fountain? Do you have a, you have like a stone fountain? It sounds like this. Oh, is it raining? You said it was it raining. It is. It's definitely raining. I hear just every every couple not every couple seconds, but every like ten minutes or so, I hear just a couple dribbles. I, I've also peed myself a couple times while on this podcast. That's what I'm saying I don't know like if you had wireless headphones I'm, and you're uh, walking around. No, unfortunately, I'm not a uh, house broken, and uh, I do pee myself from time to time. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. You you move along. Luckily, no, th- there's no camera here. It saves time, actually. Who needs to waste time walking to a bathroom? And pay- people pay good money for that on OnlyFans. So, I figure mm. I give them what they you know what they want. So, believe me, I know that's my third tier. <laughs> that, that, that's the fifty dollar tier. Oh, I know. I mean, I'm subscribed. Golden showers, <laughs> hardest part of the ring. It all ties together, you know. Speaking of golden showers, X Pac. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Now he, he's getting the hang of it, folks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Transition back into it. <laughs> Fuck man. Okay. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a light heavyweight championship match. You know, and it's Jeff Hardy. Gonna... It's like it's a this is this should be a good match, but I don't really remember it. It was fine. I would have rather seen like 1994 X Pac versus like 2008 Jeff Hardy. So this was that, that been a weird. Match weird time period where the WWF decided like, we're going to pretty much put the Hardys uh, separate. We're going to have edge and Christian break, break up. So this was a weird time period. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, because this is the first go around with the Hardys splitting up, but this one wasn't, this was, this one was like a half ass kind of thing. You know, you had Matt Hardy with the European championship, uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy would go on with the light heavyweight and then intercontinental and stuff, but they didn't like fully, fully split them and they would come back together at like the rumble O two around that time mm-hmm. period. Did they, did, cause I don't even remember. Did they actually do a split? Like, a? no, this was like, kind of like how the new day gave the endorsement for biggie to kind of go off mm-hmm. on his own. This was like a, a quiet, like we're still the Hardy boys, but we're kind of doing our own thing. Which is so bizarre because this is fresh off of that TLC match at WrestleMania with you know the tag team division is as hot as it's ever been and now yeah, <laughs> take two thirds of that those teams and split them up there were some missteps here there were definitely some missteps yeah it was 
but don't worry, we got X Factor to hold down the tag division. So, X Factor and Kai and Tai. Hey, first of all, you don't 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 talk about Kai and Tai like that. All right, I'm not. I'm, I'm talking about them in a glowing way. A choppy choppy, your pee pee. That's a yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> no third tier for you. Mm-mm, no, not anymore. <laughs> Can you keep people off of OnlyFans? I'm gonna find a way. I'll ban you. <laughs> well, you don't know my screen name, Chunky Lover Fifty Three. By the way. Well, now it's now it's out in the open. Well, I'm changing it to fifty four. So. Oh man, I'll never find it then. It's very incognito of you. Thank you. It's very retribution. <laughs> <laughs> um, what happens after this? Uh, okay, so we get a little segment ski backstage in Commissioner Regal's office. So the whole thread during the show is because uh, Vince McMahon isn't there in kayfabe. And this is the period of time where Stone Cold, heel Stone Cold, is like very reliant on Vince McMahon. He's like giving him hugs and like, dude, the build up to the show on like the Raws and the SmackDown, hilarious. I think heel Stone Cold doesn't get near the praise that he does for his comedic timing. Underrated time period. Deadpan, deadpan delivery. He's like walking around with a petition because the main event is him versus benoit and jericho which is kind of you know in effect a handicap match and he has to defend his title so he's, he's walking around with this petition getting everybody to sign it because this match is unfair and then you have you have spike dudley tears it up and then he beats the shit out of spike it's a whole it's a whole thing but god what, what, what do you think about heel stone cold because i feel like he gets a bad rap he does because i think uh i get it i get it because it's like why he was the hottest thing in professional wrestling. It's like, why turn him? And then you, you have the argument of like, well, that's the time you do turn him because he was white hot. Uh, but if we just, if we're forgetting, like forget the face stone cold, if we're just looking at heel stone cold objectively without all of that information, it's like, he was a great character. I really liked it. I liked that. He was like funny. And then he later on became like psychotic you know what I mean? So it was like a really good development of like, they kind of progressed it on. And, uh, you know, this lends itself to Kurt Angle kind of stepping into that monster babyface role later on and yeah. Stone Cold getting to be, take the brunt of it in the heel fashion. So, I mean, I think it did as served its purpose. You know, you had the two man power trip and stuff around that time. Uh, yeah. I think Triple H getting injured derailed Stone Cold's heel character a lot because sure. I think that would have been like, the you know like oh my god how how can you possibly get through these two men you know yeah and um but yeah i don't think i don't think heel stone cold gets enough love and they were teasing that too with triple h because at the previous pay-per-view judgment day um because this is a point where they had all the all the titles um triple h lost his intercontinental championship to kane because stone cold fucked up in his interference but then then Austin retained his WWF title, and then they lost the tag team titles the next night. So, which was obviously the the match where Triple H tore his quad. But you know the way that match ended, Triple H is kind of the the one that caused them to lose. So it seemed like they were teasing. Well, think about it like this. Think about it like this. This was definitely like Sasha Bailey type vibes. Uh, if if anybody 
you know, current fans want to understand the vibe that this storyline had. It was like you put these two stars together. And in their case, they were a little bit more of an odd couple where they weren't friends. They were like their whole name was the two man power trip because they both wanted to be at the top. So they realized they could get there together as a tag team. Um, but of course, it was starting to fall apart with their egos. So I, I, I kind of think that, you know, if Triple H had stayed around, this might have turned into Triple H's first, you know, uh, foray in, uh, into the babyface role as a singles character like that. So I, th- I think that's where it was going, and they would eventually had a, had a match. But So it completely derailed Stone Cold. Uh, he had no storyline almost uh, after that. Yep, and they kind of just threw in Benoit and Jericho. They thrusted them right into the main event, which... They they more than held them their their own, especially because um, they they both got title matches in the build up to the show, um, a couple of rolls in Canada, so they had the hometown crowd effect with them too. I think uh, you know Benoit and Jericho really showed what they can do during this time period, and it's unfortunate. I mean, we can get into it later, but ben, this is Benoit's last match before mm-hmm. his spinal surgery. Yep. So, which is unfortunate. I didn't know that till after the show, which kind of sucks because he was kind of running on all cylinders during this. No, point, I, but, um, I, I knew this was the show. Yeah. This was the show that did it. <laughs> yeah. A lot of man, a lot of broken bodies in this show. This, yeah. This show is a show full of injuries. Uh, if you yeah. really look, pay attention to the card. Yeah. But the biggest injury is DDP's ego because the next segment is the, <laughs> do you like that? You like that? I, I did. I like that a lot. Actually. Cool. I, like yeah, it, I yeah. popped the chub after that, actually, to be honest. <laughs> I thought you were going to stop at popped. Then uh, you made it a little better. <laughs> oh, a little a little better is the key part to that. There we go. He has a tiny penis, folks. <laughs> DDP. <laughs> Undertaker. Speaking of tiny penises. So, stalker, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, DDP's been at ringside the whole show. Every, every once in a while after matches, they'll pan over to him. He has a sign that says, make me famous with a little arrow pointing down at him. Basically, basically trying to coax Undertaker to come out and fight him. Uh, I guess the premise here is that Undertaker is making him wait, making him suffer and in the anxiety and all that. Um, but it's at this point of the show where DDP finally gets in the ring, grabs a mic and says, hey, take much. Come out here. and We can tussle. So uh, Taker obliges. He comes out with Sarah, his wife at the time, uh, takes his time getting to the ring, puts on his gloves, and then just beats the shit out of DDP indiscriminately. So I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't, I think people try to push the uh, Vince wanted to make WCW look bad a little too hard. But I feel like in this case, like what else could be the purpose here? I feel you know like I, mean? I feel like uh, yeah DDP if they really wanted to make him look good should have gotten the best of Undertaker in a cheating way of course you know mm-hmm. what I mean like poke him in the eyes or hit him with a low blow or something run through the crowd like you could have they could have done something but yeah he just got the shit beaten out of him it's like at that yeah. point you know and again I'm you know full disclosure I would pick the WWF over WCW any day in the 90s uh, and 2000s early 2000s mm-hmm. uh but I was like why would why do you make DDP, who is like one of the biggest stars WCW had? I mean, th- th- it really set the tone for the invasion right there because it's like you should have made WCW look so strong going into that that when they lost, it would have meant something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and this segment here, I mean, it, it didn't even have like a 
a conclusive ending because it ends with Undertaker giving DDP a big boot. DDP kind of like jostles out of the ring, lands on his feet on the outside and just kind of runs out through the crowd. So it was kind of like a blue ball ending to it, even with that, because it had been such a built up thing with all the stalker videos and you know, DDP revealing, revealing himself and sitting out there all show. It was this big built up thing. It was like the first big star that's jumped over in the invasion. So I feel like people had a lot of expectations for it. And it ended up just being a very, uh, very wet blanket of a segment. I like that. I like, I like that verbiage. That's good. That's good. I thought about it a lot. I know. I could tell that was prepared. I have a script actually. I know I'm reading. I'm kind of reading off of it right now. The notes that you gave me. So you got them. Okay. That's good. That's good. Now is the, is now the time to put you over and mention how big you're anyway, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) That's after the next segment. Okay, great. Don't get your timings fucked up. Sorry. I, I have it time stamped for a reason. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that, boss. Okay. All right. That's cool. <laughs> um, so now is the moment everybody's been waiting for. Kurt Angle versus Shane McMahon. Who? Doggy. Um, I like this match because, I mean, it was about what I remember it being. But when I kind of thought more about it, it made it that much better because both these guys are out of their comfort zone in this match. Shane's, uh, he's kind of a spot guy. He's a guy that jumps off of high things. He's not the guy that goes out there and wrestles. And that's exactly what Kurt Angle is. And at the same time, Kurt Angle isn't a guy that does gimmicks. He doesn't use kendo sticks and steel chairs and all that shit. So I feel like both those guys being on the same plane in that respect was a really cool element to the story. And, um, God, what can you say? The, the obvious, you know, glass not breaking when Kurt is trying to throw Shane through it. Shane calling him a pussy and <laughs> making Kurt uh, try extra hard. Oh, yeah, I mean, if, if nobody knows that, I think, uh, yet, like you said, that was in the WWE Untold. Like, yes. he flat out, when he was, uh, <laughs> when Kurt couldn't get him through, he called him a pussy and basically was working Kurt Angle's ego. He's like, oh, yeah. And then threw him. That's when he finally was able to get him through. So and you can see uh, it on his face too. Oh yeah, he was it. pissed. He was pissed. Um, obviously, he was going to be pissed anyway since uh, he was messing up. But yeah, Shane just took it to a completely different level. <laughs> yeah, and for anybody that doesn't know, the reason the glass didn't break is because <laughs> it was reinforced to withstand the pyro mm-hmm. that was in front of it. The the pyro from the beginning of the show, like and all that heat, so they reinforced yeah. it so that literally it wouldn't just uh, crumble like sugar glass would. Exactly. I guess the memo didn't. Uh, I guess it got lost in the UPS car because it did not get to Shane or Kurt, or maybe it did. And they just said, "Fuck it, let's try it anyways." That's some shit that Kurt would do, I think. But sounds like it. Um, yeah, man. So obviously, dude, I watched this again and I remember the spot. I don't remember how audible Shane's head was hitting the ground. But you know what's funny about that? I said the same thing, but I think it's because, right? And and maybe maybe I'm speaking for you, and I probably should because you know it, what whatever you I right whatever I say will probably be better than what you say anyway. But <laughs> but no, seriously. Um, I think the reason we don't remember it being as loud as it was was because we didn't process the fact that that sound was his head. I, I literally remember that sound, the pop, the pop, and just thinking like, oh, like, you know, it was just a sound that happened on the on the camera, like it picked it up. 
But now that when they've pointed out, like that was the sound of Shane's head, that's mm-hmm. when I go, oh my God, like just for, you know, all intents and purposes, Matt Hardy had a concussion hitting concrete this week. You didn't hear anything. And it was from like 50 feet. Yeah. Not 50 yeah. feet. I'm exaggerating. You hear me? I'm no, like, I think it's 50 feet. <laughs> at least 140. Something like that. He's 500 pounds. Yeah, absolutely. Hulk Hogan is. <laughs> Seven foot four. Yeah, yeah. Depending on the day. Sometimes he's eight feet tall. Or is that Andre? Giant Gonzalez. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> El Gigante for you WCW fans. Speaking of El Gigante, Kurt Angle and Shane McMahon. So, um, <laughs> so they finally get through all the glass with like 12 suplexes or whatever it was. They're all bleeding. They're all concussed. Kurt Angle's tailbone is broken. Um, among other injuries, I'm sure. I mean, he had a concussion. Yeah. How crazy is that? He had already gone into this match with a concussion and he breaks his tailbone off of a, guess what? Belly to back suplex onto on the ramp uh, or lack or lack thereof, actually, because it was just on the, the flat floor with a piece of carpet for anybody to, Anybody doesn't understand the aesthetic at the time, all the WWF would do was put a piece of carpet over the concrete. They didn't put padding. They didn't put anything there. So yeah. that was just to prevent skin burns. <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> like, uh, and, and he bounces off his, his spine bounces off of the concrete and yeah, not good. It's not good for anybody. No, that sounds like an awful time. I would hate to do that. I've done it once or twice. It's horrible. Have you? Yeah. I can tell. Still a little traumatized. I mean, it was just five minutes before I got in this podcast. So, Is that how you hype yourself up? I figure if you if you don't break a bone before a podcast, how, do you really have the adrenaline to do it? That's true. And if you're not adrenalized while doing a podcast, why are you even doing it? All right. Exactly. Brandon. Work. Exactly. <laughs> Um, it's my co-host, by the way, for context for people who haven't heard my podcast. <laughs> oh, well, believe me, I, I put you over in the intro. Don't worry, don't worry. That, that was before, actually. That's when you had me in the part. sound booth, kind of like Maury, and uh, you know, I had to yeah, find yeah. out if I was the father. Yeah, I got, it. I got you. Eagerly waiting backstage. Yep, that baby don't look like me. Mm 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 mm. But yes, this match, awesome match. I feel like anybody, if anybody listening. If you haven't watched this match, stop what you're doing right now. Put your baby down. Tell your wife you'll be in bed later. Punt kick your baby out of the room. Go watch this match. Take no excuses. Because seriously, even if you don't care about the King of the Ring or anything else, you don't even care about the storylines that happened, just go watch this one match. Because this this is one of the best matches in WWF history. And that's not an exaggeration. And that's freaking... Shane McMahon's in there, a non-wrestler. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's crazy like to think about. I remember watching it live thinking how good it was, but even watching it, you know, uh 19 years later, which is ridiculous that it's been that long, but uh 19 years, it's still up there. Mhm. Absolutely. Definitely one of my favorites. Probably top 20 maybe. I yeah, know, I mean, it's just list, right but. right below um Alundra Blaze versus Bull Nakano. So Ooh. I actually have an uh, unhealthy obsession with saying Bull Nakano randomly. I, I've heard, I've never heard anybody mention Bull Nakano more than you during so this podcast. Th- th- I, I mentioned it tongue in cheek. Uh, I, like I don't full disclosure. I don't really 
care about Bull Nakano, but it just <laughs> it's almost like my my way to derail wrestling fans. I'm like, yeah, you know, like Bull Nakano. The funny part is I, I tweeted something about Bull Nakano, tongue in cheek, and mm-hmm. uh, Rachel Ellering tweeted back because she's a huge Bull Nakano fan and uh, told me that she has a lawn gnome of Bull Nakano for some reason, and I felt really bad. Why does that exist? For that's the first question, and the second thing <laughs> is like, I felt really bad because I was like, I don't want to tell her I was kind of just taking the piss out of Bull Nakano here. So now you're committed. So now, right? So so now, uh, when you're when this podcast episode blows up and you're famous and stuff, Rachel oh. Ellering is gonna have heat. Uh, I'm gonna have heat, I should say, with Rachel Ellering. So thanks a lot, man. If there's anything I don't want, it's for you to have heat with Rachel Ellering specifically that's the one thing i try to avoid with this podcast actually yeah but you're not doing a good job at all man i'm probably doing the worst job but speaking of doing a good job kurt angle versus shane <laughs> oh man look at this guy over here segway mcgillicuddy over here um that was my nickname in high school thanks for that thanks for reminding me i can tell i see it in your eyes <laughs> i'm looking at you right now kurt angle uh, gets the win that camera is with right. an angle slam off the top rope. Oh, a brutal um, angle slam at that. Yeah, which is, it's it's crazy to think that's not probably in the top five gnarliest bumps of the match. But uh, still really good looking. And I don't know if you're a member, but this whole angle started with um, Kurt Angle as having a uh, the ceremony. Right, because he got his medals stolen from Chris Benoit. Then he won them back in a ladder match, as you do. And then he's having a ceremony on Raw. Kurt, or no, Shane is on the the podium, like in the number one spot. And then Kurt goes and angle slams him off of it, which is basically, I don't know if it's supposed to be foreshadowing. It probably wasn't, but in a way it kind of was because that's basically what he what ended this match here just from a higher uh, higher elevation. So good little tidbit there to end this match. But yeah, good shit all around. Yeah, and again, again, I just want to drive the point home. Uh, we, no matter how good we are on the mic right now, uh, we will not ever be able to convey how good this match uh, was. So please just go watch it. It is amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah. And it, it is definitely worth the, uh, I think it's like a 26, 27 minute match. And you'll never know that it was that long. No, not at all. I felt 13 minutes to me when I was it watching was, it. It was much better than John Moxley versus Kenny Omega at full gear. Mm, you're going out on a limb there. You know why? Without go- getting into a whole conversation. Mm. I always sometimes feel like less is more. And I'm like, you know, if this ma- same match had been an hour long, kind of like Moxley versus Omega was, and it was mm-hmm. that hard hitting at a certain point, you just don't want to see a human being take that much punishment. Yeah. And that's really what it was. So that's, it's not a knock at that match as much as I'm like, why did it go so long? Yeah. And I mean, like you said, I mean, we could get into it, but to not get in the weeds, that Omega Moxley match, it was just very like, why is there a barbed wire trampoline over here? Wait, you don't have one? I have one in my backyard. I mean, I had to get rid of it, remember, from the fight earlier. Uh, I didn't go, I didn't get into details about the fight. That's kind of what happened. Well, I borrowed it from Superhuman. Fuck oh. this shit. Did you see, not to get on a Superhuman <laughs> tangent. Hey, fuck it. It's my podcast. Let's get on a Superhuman Do what tangent. you want. Do what you want. He, he posted a video recently. Because I, I kind of have, I kind of tuned him out for the past couple months. Yeah, me too. He's become kind of big time, but um, 
they did a video where some guy took a weed whacker to his chest. I saw that one actually. It's funny. I haven't seen him in months and same thing. I saw that one. Maybe you retweeted it. I don't know. Cause I, that, I, I saw it. I honestly um, might, that sounds like a thing I'd do. Yeah, it does sound like it. I'm like, that was stupid. So yeah, definitely, definitely something you would do. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, I saw that and I'm like, that I always, I feel like people jump the shark sometimes. I'm not going to mention names, but that is, I feel like he's got done as much as he can do. Yeah. I mean, I, he might still have a following. Who knows? I know he did a few like indie wrestling shows too. But it's like, when you get a following, it's like, and it's something like that. I don't know. It's like, I feel like you can expand on that and do something else. We want him to do and, a fucking podcast. Yeah. Let him actually, you know what? I'd listen to it. Right. If I if if I called this dude right now and tried to get an interview, you wouldn't listen to that that interview? Man, I hear he doesn't like interviews. This is for all the chickalos, chickalettes. You know, he would talk his ass off. So he would he would make a lot of noise, that's for sure. Yeah. Lots of collections. It actually of makes me feel uncomfortable uh listening to the sounds he makes. He makes more noise than my ex-girlfriend did. Mm, well, you know. I can see that. I miss you, Susie. I don't have a uh, trouble believing that. <laughs> you see, you see, what was her name? <laughs> Susie. Oh, I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> Sounds like a stupid name to me. I don't know. I hope her name's not really Susie. No. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like the go-to made-up name. Like I don't think I've ever seen a, a Susie in real life. You think I'm going to tell these marks and real names? Come on now. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. That's, <laughs> that, that's off air. That's off air. That's that's, that's the Patreon. Kind of uh, kind of content. You got to pay for that content, brother. Yeah, yeah. Hogan's taught me well. Uh, that doesn't work well for me, brother. <laughs> I'm not putting Susie over. <laughs> Speaking of getting put over, WWF Championship. I can't believe this is my fault. By the way, I told, I said, I said, let's do an hour. I'm pushing it. Uh, past the boundaries because I'm having so much fun. So thank you for having me. <laughs> of course. That's what this podcast is meant to be. It's just uh, a bunch of bullshit with some wrestling sprinkled in. You stole the premise of my podcast. Damn. Well, <laughs> <laughs> trademarked. Yeah, you yeah. think about it. No well, third party you... apps for you. Ah, damn it. Thanks, mm-hmm. Vince. God damn it, Vince. Oh, I love that AEW dig, by the way, with Kip Sabian and stuff. Oh, the the, the Twitch. Yeah, full disclosure, ad. guys. If if you need to know about me, like I I watched the WWF all my life, WWE, but uh, I'm definitely like a wrestling fan, not like a WWE fan. So I say good things and bad things about both companies, and that 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 triggers every kind of toxic fan. Because the minute you say something bad about WWE, people come out and say you're AEW Mark and you like the indies and this and that. And then the minute you say something bad about AEW, it's like go back to Uncle Vinny's dick and like it's like okay, mm. all right, like I can't, I, I can't win. Right. Nope. Everyone's gonna have their tribe. If you say anything bad about my tribe, then you get a spear to the chest. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know there was a tribe. Here's the thing, guys. You know, I've, I've worked a couple wrestling events here in Florida. I'm gonna tell you this: the wrestlers don't take don't take uh, all that politicking and, uh, and shit as seriously as you all do. Mm, nobody, does. You, know, you know what I mean? Like they, they care about their craft. They care about what they're doing in the ring. They care about that stuff. They don't give a shit about WWE versus AEW. They don't, they're all friends. They're all <laughs> love to work with each other. So, yeah. yeah. It's just, uh, everyone needs to feel like they need to win. 
sometimes people don't get a, they get a lot of L's during the day. So they uh, they look to the demos on Wednesday night to get their their W for the day. But look at it like this, right? Like we have two separate podcasts, both of us. And I mean, is it not fair to say that both of us would like to do better than the other? You know what I mean? Is that yeah. a bad thing? That is, you know, we'll we'll bring each other up by wanting both of us to, you know, be better than each other. So competition's healthy, but comp- it's it's not like I'm going to sit there and go on my podcast and bury you and say you're, you're you're this and you're that and you're that and I know you've buried me in your podcast, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, um, yeah that's- but you know, it's just like competition. People, wrestling fans in general, don't like that word. Oh, Vince McMahon's competitive. They don't like that. Mm-hmm. They think he's the devil for wanting to compete. It's like, how do you think he became successful? Right. But anyway, for, for, for wanting to be the best, right? He, can't he wasn't want to be wanted, the best. Like a. a, a I know I'm getting off track, but you know, they were, there were talks about WWE wanting to do events with fans and everyone's like, Vince McMahon doesn't care about the health of people and this, this, and this. And it's like, guys, of course he's going to be optimistic about having fans eventually. And of course he's going to walk in and say, damn it. I want fans back next week. And that'll be misconstrued by a reporter saying Vince McMahon wants to bring fans back next week. And it's like, no, he's just frustrated. Like, damn it. Let's get fans in next week. Like, let's get a, find a way, you know? Yeah. Anyway. yeah. That old telephone game, same thing with the the, the third party app, whole fiasco. I feel like it just got expanded, yeah. ballooned up way more than. I think Stephanie happened. said it. I think Stephanie because she actually talked about it, uh, you know, a couple days ago, I guess. But she said, um, she said something about you know, wrestlers have more freedom than they ever did. And she's kind of correct. I almost had to think about that. I'm like, yeah, they, she's correct. They're they're letting them do all of this stuff, but now mm-hmm. the boundaries are. You're, if you're going out and getting deals, third-party deals without our consent, you got to understand who you work for and understand that we own your likeness, especially if you're going to go advertise under your WWE Twitter with a product that we've not gotten a, a cut of and you're you're taking us out of that deal. So it's like almost from a business aspect, I was like, I kind of understand what their point is now. Mm-hmm. So no, I know I, I just got heat. Yeah. I just got heat with everybody, but that's okay. <laughs> I think my listeners will understand. Ah, okay. There used to be, there used to be a mad at me, so. Gotcha. Hi, Susie. I about. heard Mike's girlfriend listens to your podcast. She was my number one fan, actually. Wow, that's messed up. I think she's the only one that listens. I say my heart's kind of broken right now. You'll probably get over it. Never will. Never will. None <laughs> of us ever do, do we? The one that got away. Just end this podcast crying. Yeah, that's it. Cliffhanger. I like that. I like that. But we can't end it until we Austin Benoit and Jericho. <laughs> I don't know how this happened. Uh, that was the worst one yet. I gave you and, the alley uh, and you bungled the oop. Oh man, I'm playing a different sport now. You know, oh, like no. I'm, I'm in di- completely different realm. But yeah, I mean, Stone <laughs> Stone Cold's the champion here. Like you said, uh, you know, I think Triple H would have been involved in this one because remember there was the. Uh, you know, it was supposed to the, the match he got injured in was Jericho Benoit versus uh, tri- Triple H in Austin. So what I've heard, I forget where I heard this. It could be bullshit. But Fatal four way. It would have been Triple H and Chris Benoit in a program and then Stone Cold and Jericho in a one on one. OK, I can see that. I can see this being a fatal four way for one reason, though, because it would have been it would have been that anomaly of like, you know, Triple H and, and Austin had lost the titles kind of thing. And then it's like they could work together, but maybe turn on each other, you know? So I, I kind of have this feeling 
that maybe that's the route, but you're, you're kind of maybe onto something because this has what seven matches mm-hmm. when traditionally they have eight. Yep. So perhaps, perhaps you're right. But to your point, that makes sense because Triple H kind of cost them the tag titles. So this could have been his way to make up for that and helping Steve Austin retain. But there's also the added caveat is, is he going to help Austin or is he going to turn on him for his own gain? So I feel like that could have been something good too. Yeah. And, and I feel like this match, because of the circumstances, because it was the Kurt Angle show, I barely remember this match. As in, like, I know this was a good one, but it's like I barely remember it. It was okay. And I think what really hurt it was the fact that it followed the street fight. Yeah. Because the crowd was zorped after that at that street fight. So there was they were they weren't dead. I'm not gonna say they were dead, but they were definitely not as uh you know lively enthused. as they were earlier in the show. As Enthused, there's the word. It's a good word. Um it's a great word. And you could tell that and that kinda in my opinion that hindered the match a lot. Um even though everything they were doing technically in the ring was solid, I feel like it just had no heat to it. Um and the ending was, well, I guess before the ending, we got to mention the five time, five time, <laughs> five time. That's three. Five time. <laughs> five time WCW there champion. Okay, cool. Gotcha. Oof. <laughs> Held my breath on that one. Oh, that one hurt. <laughs> You're on the brink of death there. Ah, oof. I feel Thank the blue you. in your face. Not just my face. In your shaft. <laughs> All right. <laughs> my balls. Um, <laughs> How do you get a blue shaft? Anyways, so Booker T. Yeah, blue balls was what I was going for. That would have made a lot more sense, damn it. Come on, keep up with me. Uh, what about, I'll, I'll edit that in post. Please, thank you. <clears throat> it's the, the, the goals of uh, doing a not live podcast. <laughs> I don't know how but you I do don't. it. <laughs> Fuck. And then Booker T comes in, breaks Stone Cold's hand, and then leaves. Um, somehow he broke his hand. It does like a backdrop onto the well, announcer's he, he table. Well, kind of missed this, the table a little bit here. Austin actually hurt his neck and stuff off of this, too. Right. Um, so Austin got a hurt neck, you know, uh, off of this. And uh, it was, I, it got, I guess it got Booker T a little bit of heat because uh, he didn't protect. It was like the WCW champion not protecting the WWF champion kind of thing. Because remember, for all yeah. intents and purposes, that's what, what this was. The WCW champion attacking the top guy in WCW, attacking the top guy in the WWF. So don't lose sight of that. It's a very good point. It's a very good point. Should you just end the podcast there? Yeah, great point. <laughs> Send it <laughs> but just no, right there. What happened was, is that they didn't you know get rid of the, uh, the top of the announce table. They didn't right. get rid of the monitors. So I think that's what led to the injury. I think he just like slid off of that because that is just a big plastic piece. Yeah, I mean, because I, I watched it back and it didn't even look that bad. But, I, you know, it's fucking these these bulky monitors they had back then. That'll cause some damage. Oh, my God. Like, they, I don't know how they used those so long. I don't think they replaced those until, like, 2016 or so. And it was, it was like, it was like, why did you still have the bulky monitors? And then actually for a while, go watch this. Rumble 2016, Rusev takes the big monitor and leaves for some odd reason, because he's Rusev <laughs> and he just does whatever the, he wants. By the way, he tweeted out just, I don't know why I remember this, but he tweeted out, I am the TV champion, not your, what your <laughs> stupid American monitor. It's just like he, Rusev is a lot better than he ever 
was given a chance to be on WWE TV, and he still hit like, it out of the park. But um, what was I going to yeah. say? Yeah, so for a while, they actually put uh, LED screens, like little thin ones, inside of this big plastic casing to mimic those old um, monitors. And then finally, they just said, okay, just put the thin ones on top of the table, which is easier for people to clear out. <laughs> right. It only makes sense. Exactly. And if, if uh, somebody goes this same thing, if the same thing had happened uh, in previous years, like in, in uh, current times, I should say, Austin probably wouldn't have gotten his hurt because they would have just cleared out the monitors. Uh, even if he hit him, he wouldn't have uh, <laughs> like just hurt his neck off of it. Yeah. The whiplash or whatever did it. Absolutely. That's crazy. But if you uh, hear like a whole storm going on. That is definitely on my end. The only storm I hear is your beautiful voice. Thank you. God, you're so sweet. I see why she likes you. That's what this podcast is about. That's why she was scratching at the door. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I use her to clean my floors. (laughs) Uh, Let's see where we at here. So Booker T comes in with his thousand dollar shirt and his baggy pants, (laughs) ruins the top star in the company and then leaves. Anyways, fucking then (laughs) the, the match continues, whatever happens. And then the ending was so weird. Because it was a um, so Benoit has Jericho on the top rope and he hits Ben or he hits Jericho with a back suplex. And then Austin just kind of crawls over like a minute later and pins Benoit and <laughs> well, it's over. Let's let's talk about why that was weird. Benoit broke his neck off of that move off that suplex. Mm-hmm. Do you think and they called an audible? And not only that, but think about this. Austin has already hurt his neck, so he doesn't know what the hell's going on with him. Benoit's hurt, so it's like, what do you really do off of that? They probably had like a spot plan. Maybe he hits a stunner or something. Austin couldn't move. Benoit couldn't move. You know, so they're just like, pin the fucking guy and call it a day. Yeah, yeah. Austin probably told the ref and probably re- relayed that to Benoit. Or- and then Benoit's like, yeah, I'm hurt too. Yeah, sounds good to me, boss. <laughs> Uh, God, this yeah, time period. Was- Benoit, uh, Rhino was about to go down with an injury. Like Austin got hurt here. Triple H had just torn his quad. Like this was a rough time period. And still, Sean Sean Stasiak doesn't get a push. And right, they still managed to not give Meat a push. God. Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle, and Kurt Angle had like broken his damn tailbone. It's like, come yeah. on now, who to fill that role but Chuck Palumbo and uh, and and Sean O'Hare and uh, and Meat. <laughs> God, who was it even? Because I guess you had Jericho, you had Taker, and Kane. <laughs> who else? The fuck, like Big Show? Big Show sucked during this era. Oh, I hated the Big Show during this time. They didn't know what to do with him. The I guy mean, just you, threw him X Pac? You had X Pac there? Yeah, they did. Uh, you see, th- this is why I, I don't really give the invasion angle shit. Because sometimes it's like there was a lot of things outside of their control with contracts and then losing a lot of top WWF stars, too. And it's like what I do give them shit for is like, why didn't you just put WCW on the back burner, make people for kind of I guess that's bad business if you make them forget about it. But I feel like if you had run this angle in like, oh, two, it had been a lot different. Yeah, for sure. You wait for, you know, Hogan and Goldberg Guys like that. Because all of those guys eventually came in. Flair, uh, Hogan, uh, NWO in general, Goldberg. Yeah, within but a matter of a year or two. A year or two. There. Yeah. And like how different if they had just waited to me even January 2002 
they would have had Hogan, Hall, Nash, and Flair. Mm-hmm. Just just that just those four alone. And uh what Big Papa Pump came on later. Like there's yes. come on now. Like Big Papa Pump won't get enough credit, but he was a big WCW guy. And uh yeah. Yeah, God, that invasion. What could have been, man? I know. I, I still that, that's the one thing I still like fantasy book in my head. It's like that's the one wrestling angle that got away for me. Like yeah. I know we we got it, but to me we never really got it. It was just uh Oh yeah, it was a weird time. Just bad timing with all the injuries and uh, just like you said, a lot of contracts, a lot of people coming in, a lot of uh, uncertainty. Because I know there was a certain point where they were just going to make WCW its own brand. Well, they tried it with that uh, that test run. They're basically going to take away SmackDown and mm-hmm. uh, put WCW in that time slot. But I mean, I mean, we didn't want to watch Buff Bagwell for two hours, you know? Nobody does. Nobody wants to watch Buff Bagwell for three minutes. Buff Bagwell doesn't want to watch Buff Bagwell for two hours. He's he's got the stuff, but the stuff isn't good. I would I'd watch Judy Bagwell for about two hours. Tell you that much. Only if she's on a was it a, a forklift? Or a forklift? Forklift. First of all, I want you to think about the logistics of putting uh, Judy Bagwell on a pole and ans- ask your question again. I still like it. <laughs> I still think it's I think it's a go from me. It's a yes for me, dog. Gilf night at the strip club with Judy Bagwell like on a pole. God bless her. <laughs> She's still, She's still alive. alive. Oh, hey, Jinx. Oh, man. <laughs> Ter- terrible minds think alike. <laughs> Can someone check on Judy Bagwell? Actually, you know what I found out? I don't know if you saw this part of WCW. I don't like Chris, this segue. Uh, Chris Jericho uh, actually said Ralph is his old. Uh, he found out that Ralph has passed away last year. Uh, his old uh, manager in WCW. I, I don't know if you that. know. I don't know if you remember. Uh, I was going to say Ralph was. Uh, Ah. I do remember. I've, I've seen you know bits and pieces of WCW, and for whatever reason, Ralph is in those bits and pieces. <laughs> well, he was a big part of the success of WCW. He drove that truck around. He was actually a truck driver in WCW, and uh, Jericho spotted him and said, I need that fucker as a manager. <laughs> man. Jericho's a genius, man. <laughs> God, was a genius. What, what do you mean, was? Ah, we don't need that. We don't need to get into that. So, King of the Ring. Mimosa Mayhem. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, man, as far as the show goes, if you had to give it a rating out of 10, what would you, what would you throw it? See, it's hard because I feel like if not for the Kurt Angle stuff, like I'd give this show like a hard five, if even that, but then you put the right. Kurt Angle stuff in, in, into play. And I'm like, that's gotta be like an 8.59. Hey, that yeah. is, that is up there. Uh, because he just, he stole the night, uh, with his work rate, with his matches, with that storyline. Um, the main event wasn't the main event to me wasn't Austin Benoit Jericho. The main event was definitely the street fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll give it, you know, just to be fair, take it down because of those matches. I'll, I'll give it an eight. Yeah, I'd give it a seven, seven and a half, just because I mean the Kurt Angle stuff is obviously tremendous, but outside of that, I forgot the DDP stuff though. I I'd probably take it yeah, down to a seven point five there. It's not. Uh, <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. I mean, and X. Oh shit! Xbox was on the card six point five. He lost though. Spike Dudley was uh, five. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, 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 wait. Are you burying Spike Dudley on my podcast? Uh, I like Spike Dudley, but you know he seems like he would be the type to reject me if I hit on him. So yes, it's probably it's probably true. He'd give you the Dudley dog and then walk away. No, I want the Dudley dog, but he would refuse to give it to me. Hmm. Man, the the storytelling in this podcast 
we brought up his his his, his huge package earlier, <laughs> and now it just comes full circle. Call me Spike Dudley. That's all I'm saying. Call Matt yeah, Heisen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use your real name, Matt Heisen. Give me a call. <laughs> what a weird fact to know I, I know I look here's the thing I don't remember anything useful in life but I remember uh, Spike Dudley's name God little Spike Dudley by the way if if you don't remember that that is LSD oh that's fun the, which is why his move in WCW was called the acid drop mm, so it wasn't always the Dudley dog no, it was actually called the acid drop in uh, in ECW, and little Spike Dudley was literally an acid reference. LSD. How did that company survive? I guess it, did. uh, it didn't. Uh, bounce <laughs> checks. Uh, fun fact: I talked to um, Chris Hamrick a lot. I'm sure you've seen him pop in on the podcast on the live chat for some odd reason. Yeah, and yeah, he uh, he's told me some so- stories about ECW and uh, when he worked there, and uh, yeah. You wonder how the company survived. It was it was a good time while it lasted, but man, did that that flame was a quick burst. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, definitely. Fuck, man. But, but what what better way to end your podcast about the King of the Ring by talking about ECW <laughs> and Spike Dudley's real name <laughs> and uh, LSD? Yes, no better way to end a podcast, in my opinion. Yeah, make sure you leave this guy some reviews and things like that. Come on, guys. Show this guy some love. Yeah, I yell at them to do it. They don't do it, but maybe uh, maybe somebody not yelling at them, yeah. not berating them. Maybe that's the key. Please, guys, if you if you like if you like this podcast, just uh, leave a nice little review ski, please. See, that's how you got to do it. Just talking sound bites. Do do it nice and soft. Make them really pay attention. With a little touch of Eric Cartman in there as well. I can't, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> no, you already did. <laughs> you a review ski right there. I was gonna shout, but I can't. Uh, <laughs> I, can't well, I can't see. I can't try. I'm uh, not even gonna try. Please don't. I wish you hadn't. I hate South Park, by the way. Because remember, I was uh in third grade when uh that came out. So what do you think I heard all the time? Um, oh my god, you can't Nope, well, you didn't. Just my spirits. <laughs> For full disclosure. My real name's Kyle. So what do you think I got all the time? Oh, shit. So we both yeah. hate South Park. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people call my mom a bitch. Lots of people. That's horrible. Because I know that it's a joke, but shit. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. you, you, you will take that personally. You know? Uh, <laughs> and lot, lot, lots, of, lots of God damn it, Kyle. Lots of that <laughs> in my life. That's good. I like that. It's not. probably That, that was probably better than the whole episode that we did because we've just been rambling. I think yeah. After this, we'll just do a South Park episode. Let's do it. I'm down. Half South Park, half half South Park, half us just uh, humming re- random wrestling theme songs. Can we do a Simpsons episode? I'm actually a big Simpsons. I actually might know more about the Simpsons than uh, than uh, professional wrestling. Yeah, I never really got into the Simpsons. Okay, uh, and that's my cue. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I like it. Though. Oh no, mean mean you're gonna fight? No, I love Family Guy. At least the early Family Guy. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the new episodes in years, but same thing with the Simpsons though. It's like you stop at like season 10, which season 10 you were probably like 9, so that actually makes sense. I'm baffled that they're still going. I didn't know they had new episodes. So in a way, I'm actually going to be really um 
heartbroken when it ends, even though I hate the Simpsons because me and the Simpsons are the same age. Oh yeah. So it's kind of so like, like dying. Yeah. It's like a constant in my life. So yeah, if I die the same year, the Simpsons, uh, Simpsons end, there's a reason we were parallels right. of each other. Well, I'll keep that in mind. If you stop responding in the, in the Twitter chat. Well, that's just cause I don't like you. Oh, and well it's fine. <laughs> just, you just don't show up for my podcast. If you don't feel like it, it's cool. I mean, I was trying so hard not to show up to this episode for the last yeah. couple of weeks. You, you try, you tried your damnedest. Yeah. You got a hold of me somehow. I poked and prodded you enough to where you had to. Just wondering, do I owe you child support or something? What's going on? We'll, we'll take care of that off air. Okay. All right. I feel like there's some legal ram- ramifications. Fair enough. Now back well, to anyway. Bumble for me. So thank you for. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, anyway. this is, this has been a lot of fun, man. Um, I don't. I don't jump on a lot of podcasts, and sometimes when I do, I'll be I'll, I'll be blunt. Sometimes I regret it uh, after mm-hmm. you know talking monotone facts for a couple hours. But obviously, this is completely different vibe. So, I mean, if you'll have yeah, me back, I never want to do this again. Uh, I mean, sorry, <laughs> uh, but no, no, I would I would love to be on again and have you on some time. And I want to put you over, guys. Uh, if you're not listening to this podcast, my crowd, anybody who's going to jump on after I retweet this, after you tag me in that post. Uh, listen to this podcast. This apron bump is amazing. Um, yeah, I love this. Thank you so much for having me. Man, what a guy. Yeah, thank you for coming on. I don't reach out to uh, I don't reach out to guys if I don't really like what the content that they put out. And I feel like you, Brandon, and all of them, or anybody else that's involved. I don't know if anybody else is involved. No, it's just the two of us. You two guys are extremely <laughs> entertaining somehow. Um, <laughs> And cause I, I, there's so many podcasts out there. I can listen to thousands of podcasts, just doing the rundowns of what happened during the week. But you guys are entertaining to a point where I listen to you guys for you guys and not necessarily for the wrestling portion. So um, really do appreciate you coming on. And like you, I had, I had a lot of fun doing this. So definitely we'll have you on again if you uh, don't big time me again. No, I might have to big uh, the 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 more subscribers that I get, the more I don't want to do any anybody else's podcast. And and uh, I'm, I'm like uh, I'm like Hogan at the end of WCW. I'm going to sign that exclusive and sit on and ride the money for two years before I do your podcast again. Mm, and tan and leathery. God, yes. So leathery. So leathery. Like I, like I, like I, like I would like to have Hulk Hogan as a couch in my house. Looks com- <laughs> he looks comfortable. I may title this episode. I want Hulk Hogan as a couch in my household. I think that's how you start off the, the episode. I think that just that soundbite. So that, and then we go into the episode because uh, that's ratings, brother. You know, you're joking, <laughs> but I see money. No, that's one of those jokes where I'm like, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. They got to get all the way to the end just to hear that part. So, you know, you know, if they've made it this far, <laughs> God bless them. God bless them. This horse shit that we're that's coming out of our mouths. Look, either either I'm going to get you a a lot of new followers, or I'm going to get you a lot of people leaving the show. <laughs> Bro, my podcasts are like about an hour usually, and we've spent at least seventy minutes talking about pre cum and Hulk Hogan's penis. So, I, I don't I mean, know. It's, do you, are you saying that like it's a bad thing, or I guess I'm just I'm workshopping what my description is going to be. So. <laughs> <laughs> just just that Leather, Hulk Hogan is a couch and pre-cum 
That's it. That's, that bite. is the description. <laughs> There's the sound bite that goes in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to tweet that with no context. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That, yeah. That's how you sell. That's how you sell it. You don't give context. They have to listen to get there. <laughs> By God, they're going to be interested. <laughs> oh, man. That's All right, funny. man. I, I don't want to hold you too long. Once again, thank you for uh, – I really appreciate you jumping in on here. And Yeah, man. Love to have you on again sometime. Yeah, this was fun, man. Once again, I would like to thank Kenny for joining me today on this podcast. Again, you can catch his podcast, Kenny, for your thoughts, both on YouTube and on any podcast platform that you choose. And uh, remember to follow him on Twitter and Instagram at AKFYT Wrestling. I'll put all his information in the description, as always. And once again, guys, really appreciate the support that you've shown this podcast uh, growing and growing every single week and really, really motivating me to put out great episodes every week. So thank you guys for all your support and thank you for listening to this episode. I am hard.